Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we are ranking the all, every hire of the 2023 coaching carousel. So all three of us made our own unique lists, one through 24, and we just averaged them together to come up with this official list that cannot be debated. But go ahead and try right. in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Ryan, who was the worst hire of this offseason? Yeah, the uh, the combination of ours was Tim Beck at 24th here. For, so the new hire at Coastal Carolina uh, coming from the NC State as the offensive coordinator there. You guys were lower on him than me. I actually put him at 20th. Like, I, I understand that it's he hasn't done anything spectacular in his career, but you got to look back at it, the overall length. And he's actually done a decent job at numerous different places. Ohio State with J.T. Barrett, Texas, Sam Ellinger, NC State, Devin Leary. Going back all the way to Nebraska, he did, had some good offenses with Taylor Martinez and Tommy Armstrong, actually. So is it a super sexy hire? No, but I kind of honestly compare this one to like Jay Norvell when he was hired by Nevada. He had been a longtime assistant, certainly got kind of paid his dues, had some pretty good success, but nothing insane. Ended up doing a great job in, in Reno, so... Up in the air here for sure, but I think Beck can do could, couldn't do a good job there. I think it's open. Wow, that was the most positive review of our twenty fourth. <laughs> why? Why is he twenty fourth? Why did you have him twentieth? You're, you're so high, so high on him. I'm trying to be rosy today, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess coaching the reason... hires are just it's just it could be good. Like even the right. dead last one could be really good. Yeah, I would say to like justify putting him last though. I guess just because the NC State offenses, I would say, were kind of underwhelming lately. So. Uh, that's last year, yeah, sure. and never been a head guy, and now he's got to take over the. But it's a good spot, maybe, maybe it could work. Yep, number twenty three on our list is Lance Taylor at Western Michigan. I will say it's it's hard for a a Mac school to get super desirable coaches because the salaries that they're paying obviously are are not as good as like the top end coordinators at Power Five schools. We've seen. Of course, uh, who was it? Kent State's head coach, Sean Lewis, left yeah. to take a Colorado offensive coordinator job. So that gives you an idea of of how desirable these jobs can be. Um, but, you know, Lance Taylor has had success as a, a running backs coach at Stanford and Notre Dame. But his only year at, as an offensive coordinator this past season at Louisville did not go well at all. So that's why he's so low on the list. Moving on to number 22, Trent Dilfer uh, at UAB. Somewhat, it's pretty risky hire by UAB, um, just because they've had a decent run of success here in in recent years. Um, now transitioning to the AAC, hiring someone that has only been a head coach at a prep school the last few years in Tennessee. I will say though, the thing going for him is he's a name brand. People have heard of him, you know, given his time on ESPN. He's, he won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. Um, he's also worked the Elite Eleven camp, so you know he's demonstrated at least the ability to connect with young kids, but now kind of has to prove he can do it and run his own program. Yeah. That's a wild card. Who the heck knows? But I, I, if you're a UAB, I always think it's worth a shot. Take it. Why not go for it? Dilfer could be good. All right. Moving on. Number 21, Biff Pogey. Uh, he's the new head man at Charlotte coming from Michigan as the associate head coach. Um, I was a little lower at him. 23rd, just two years of college experience. Um, and he wasn't even in charge like of a certain side of the ball. So it's not like he's kind of some, you know, stud offensive or defensive coordinator. Um, 
getting up there in age already, 63 years old. Got to factor that in. Um, you did have a lot of success as a high school coach, but you know, that was in Maryland. This is North Carolina. I don't know. I just have a, not a whole lot to go on that gives me a ton of confidence that he's going to do well. I mean, he could learn from Jim Harbaugh for a couple years, which is never a bad thing, but I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a hedge fund millionaire, so maybe he can help raise some money for the program. And he got a lot of credit for changing the culture these last two years at Michigan, right? These last two years have been incredible. And a lot of people have credited him kind of helping to, you know, improve the culture there. So. All right. Give him that. Could, could work out. Number 20 is Kenny Burns at Kent State. Has done a very good job as a running backs coach under P.J. Fleck at Minnesota um, and even dating back to, to Western Michigan. He was there for a year, so he's, he's coached in the MAC before as a position coach. And Minnesota valued him highly enough to make him, he's been their assistant head coach. Um, so well thought of, but never been a coordinator and obviously never been a head coach, so you just never know what to expect. Number 19, Brian Newberry. <clears throat> Excuse me, Brian Newberry from Navy. Um, I personally had Newberry a little bit lower than this. Uh, not really his fault. Uh, don't even really know him. Uh, I, I, I know <laughs> that, I mean, I know he's led some some good defenses at Navy. They're usually in kind of the upper half of the conference. He did inherit a, a really poor defense there and turned it around. However, he's never been a head coach. And it was just such an odd firing of Nia Matalolo that because the, the firing wasn't obviously met with much, you know, positive fanfare. So they felt they needed to move, you know, move on. Um, and I thought they, they would try and hit a home run, I guess, if you can, at a service academy. Um, you know, the thing I'm looking at, though, is like, wasn't Newberry part of the culture that wasn't good enough for them, you know, in firing, you know, Coach Ken to begin with? So I will say that I've heard that players uh, really respect him, really like Newberry. So that obviously must have carried a lot of weight here. So. You know, we'll 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 see how it pans out, but I'm I don't know, cautiously optimistic. Hopefully, he can kind of keep the Navy thing, the Navy ship, no pun intended. You know, back up yep. and and hmm. rise again. Yeah, it, it was an interesting hire. We'll see, but I understand your trepidation there. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on to Troy Taylor uh, at number eighteen here, the new man at Stanford. He's got he's got some good things on his resume. Most recently, he's been the uh, head coach at Sacramento State, which and you know historically hasn't been an easy place to win games. Um, they were two and eight the year before he, his arrival. Um, but then his very first year gets him to nine wins. Same thing in his second season, and then this past year they won twelve. So a very good uh, job there up in Sacramento. And then before that, you know, he did a good job um, as an offensive coordinator at Utah, pretty good. And then Eastern yeah. Washington, yeah, a little hamstrung, but this is the way he wants offenses to be. You know, up at, up at Sac State, yes. so. Definitely, definitely the the most, you know, true to who he is. Um, but, you know, Stanford obviously needs help with their offense, um, getting that going. So I think Troy Taylor does kind of make some sense. And he's familiar with the area. So, yeah, you know, it, it should be exciting at the very least. Yeah, I kind of like the hire. Like everywhere yeah. except for Utah, like you said, where maybe he was hamstrung, wasn't quite running the the style that, that he seems to run elsewhere. Everywhere else he's been super successful. So It's not like it was I, bad. At Utah. No, it wasn't bad. You're right. It wasn't bad. And he took um, Asher O'Hara this year, like, and Asher O'Hara had a big year who had kind of struggled. Oh, was that his quarterback prior. at Sac State? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Number 17 is Brent Key from Georgia Tech. The positive is that he's an alum, 
did a good job as the interim after taking over for Jeff Collins. And he's coached under Nick Saban. So there's there's that experience. I get why they kept him. You know, I, those are the reasons why. But also, he was not a guy that really any other Power 5 school would have been looking to hire as their head coach. Um, and it seems like they kept him around, at least in part, because Georgia Tech is having financial difficulties. Yeah. They maybe couldn't have afforded to go out and get a proven head coach. Um, you know, Willie Fritz was a rumor for a while. Not sure what broke down there. But it seems like they're kind of just like, all right, he's here. He did, did well as an interim. It probably comes cheaper than someone else. Let's let's keep him. Give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. I hear you there. Number 16, we have Kevin Wilson of Tulsa. Now, Tulsa's had a, a, a tough run recently, um, but with them transitioning to the AAC, uh, or sorry, with the, I'm sorry, with the transition of the AAC, kind of bringing in some new schools and, and dropping some of the, the top players, maybe he can help kind of revitalize the program enough to get them back competitive. I mean, he obviously knows offense. Uh, Tulsa has historically been synonymous with good offenses. Um, he didn't have success as the head guy at Indiana, but you know, to his credit, I guess you kind of have to give him a pass just, just hey, cause the last two years he made a bowl game. I mean, yeah, last it year. wasn't. And then he got, and then he got fired for, uh, concerns yeah, there was over some alleged treatment of misconduct, players. but you know, a little bit. Either way, a little bit of yeah, obviously that's not good. But <laughs> um, so he and now he's been an assistant for the last five or six years at Ohio State. So maybe you can take some of the kind of Ryan Day and Buckeye offensive principles and apply them at Tulsa. Um, and he does have a, a, some ties to the area, given his time at Oklahoma before. I can see why they made the hire. It's just not you know the splashiest. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's move on. Number 15, we got uh, Zach Arnett, the head coach now at Mississippi State. He was uh, previously their defensive coordinator. Of course, he's uh, taken over uh, after the tragic passing of of Mike Leach. Um, But Zach Arnett, he did a great job there as defensive coordinator the past few years, really elevated them to a very, very solid group. So I think it does make sense to to keep him on as the head guy. Um, Not only did he leave good defenses down to Starkville, but over at San Diego State, he did a good job for a couple of years. Um, you know, he's a young, energetic guy that seems to get the most out of his players, and the players seem to respect him. Um, it just certainly made the most sense to to keep him on. So I, I like yeah. the hire here. I think it'll work. Yeah, it's hard to rank that one because it, it yeah. yeah, like you said, it I, just felt like the right move. You know, so I know, and I feel bad for Mississippi State because it was almost like the timing they couldn't. I don't know. It's hard to go get someone outside the program i don't know that's a tough tough position for everyone of course yeah, right, number is. number 14 we have eric morris at north texas ryan you were the big hater on this one you know you, i just i was really turned off by the you know the wazoo lack of explosion this year yeah so so eric morris was washington state's office of coordinator this past season of course he came from incarnate word where he was the head coach there in 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 texas and did a great job like had you know, took that program to heights they'd never been. Made uh, two playoffs there, um, their their first two playoff appearances ever, and so so did a great job. And then yeah, the one year at Wazoo, they the offense was fine, but it wasn't it wasn't great. So if you're just basing it off that, I can see why you're not excited. But I'm looking more at his his tenure at Incarnate Word in Texas, and now being back in the state of Texas, I like it. I like it. He's he's he also just he he was. Uh, Patrick Mahomes offensive coordinator. Now it was under Cliff Kingsbury. So of course Cliff had had yeah. more of a hand in the offense. But still, I, I think it's 
I think it's a hire that that makes sense. Hey, and North Kinney Texas came in. Go ahead, Trey. Well, hey, I'm going to get to him next. Uh, North, but North Texas also isn't that bad of a program. Like, like, like what he's inheriting. Like they they weren't like yeah. horrendous. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you, Trey, they could have kept Latrell. Yeah, and so Ryan, Ryan, Ryan I, of, I know what you're going to say about GJ Kinney. We'll get to it. We'll get to it in a sec here. Let's 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 say. Oh sense. yeah, make okay. So you got GJ Kinney at number 13. Texas State hired him. I like the hire, even though he has little head coaching experience. What Ryan was trying to allude to is he took over Incarnate Word from Morris. They went 12 and two. Went to the FCS semis. Um, they averaged over 50 points a game. Uh, he, but he he took over. Morris, who left the program, you know, in pretty good shape. I will say, Kenny kind of took it maybe one step further with a Morris tried to. Morris took some some of his dues. He was trying to, you know, hurt hurt Incarnate Morris Word. Morris left yeah. a a pretty great roster, Ryan. If if they're still good <laughs> after he took away the quarterback and receiver, GJ uh, Kenny maybe is better. Um, but no, I I do like Kenny. Uh, he's been all over the place, both playing and coaching. Um, almost somewhere different every year. He played it. He's with Texas and then Tulsa bounced around the NFL and AFL and Canadian football league. Like he was all over. And then, in, and he's been in some form of coaching a lot recently, SMU, Arkansas, back to the Eagles, um, Hawaii, central Florida. Uh, so, but the thing I like is he's from Texas, got a strong offensive background. I just think it could be a good fit for Texas state to, to get rolling. Why not? All right, moving on. Number 12, we got Alex Golesh, the new head coach at South Florida. Um, he was Tennessee's offensive coordinator um, past couple seasons. Um, he, he, well, this past year. Um, and then he was, before that, he was actually worked for, uh, under Matt Campbell um, at Iowa State. And so he's done a good job. And he was uh, the tight ends coach there at Iowa State when they he helped develop Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler. Two, those two guys like actually swept the kind of all big 12 awards uh, for that conference a few years back. So pretty impressive what he did there. And, you know, I, obviously he wasn't the the main dude running that offense at Tennessee the past couple of years, but certainly had a good influence on him. Learned a lot from Josh Heupel, who knows offense. Um, yeah, I just think he's going to be able to take that and kind of use it to himself at, at USF. So I think he'll have some fun offenses. Now, can he put together a little defense? Remains to be seen, but. There's going to be some, I think there'll be some, some positive moments for him at South Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see it as a positive being under hypo for the last few years. He was with him at UCF, I believe too, before yeah. he got to Tennessee. Yeah, he was. So. Yeah. Yeah. Tight end coach um, there. Yeah. Okay. Number 11 on our list is Barry Odom at UNLV. So he's coming off of, I would say overall successful tenure uh, as the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, even though this past year didn't, didn't go so well. Um, but man, UNLV has just had a, a rough past couple decades. They've hired different types of coaches. Like they've hired coaches from the FCS level, from the high school level, level, power five assistants. They've gone all over the place. Nothing has stuck. So I, I like just going and getting a proven head coach. Of course, Odom coached at Missouri, uh, and in the SEC and, did a fine job. Like he ended up getting fired, but it was one of those firings where you were like, mm, "You didn't have to fire him. He was, no. he was doing okay." Yeah. So I think for a Mountain West school to get Barry Odom is 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 pretty good. I probably wouldn't have fired Arroyo, but I don't right. think you downgraded here. No, programs in good standing. They got the they get to play in the new stadium, putting money into the facilities. 
All right. Kenny Dillingham, number 10, Arizona State. It's well documented that he's young, 32 years old, uh, first time head coach. But he's, you know, he's extremely passionate about the Sun Devils, given that he's an Arizona native, uh, ASU grad. And he's been on a fast rise to this spot. You know, he, he was with some good offenses at Memphis, Auburn, Florida State, the head co- or sorry, the head offensive coordinator at Oregon last year. He got Bo Nix to play at a near Heisman level for most of the year. You know, now with ASU, he might have to navigate some NCAA issues, and he hasn't obviously ever led a program before. So there's certainly some risk, but the fit works. There's some upside. If I'm an ASU fan, I think I, I like the hire. They went, you know, they went with the older guy, Herm, last time. Didn't pay dividends in the end. Shake it up. Go with a young one, especially with the fan base that can, you know, have a connection with him, given that he's a an alum. Yeah, that's a pretty big wild card here. I'm not, I'm not super convinced on him. Um, all right. Anyways, moving on. Number nine, we got Ryan Walters, a new head coach at Purdue. Uh, he was coming off uh, the defensive coordinator position for Illinois, and man, Illinois was second in the nation in yards per play given up this year which just incredible for, for Illinois. Um, and you go back to 2020, the year before Walters got there, Illinois was tied for a hundredth in, in yards per play given up. So just in two short years, he took them from one hundredth to second. I mean, th- that's amazing. So I don't see any reason why he won't have a very good defense at Purdue. Uh, I think that his defense will be able to keep him in games, you know, kind of at a minimum. Um, so if his offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell uh, can just get a, a decent offense going, Purdue should continue success that they had kind of under Jeff Brom. So I, I like the Ryan Walters hall, um, hire. He's, I mean, he's done about as good as a job as you can do, you know, at his job, at his position so far. Yeah. Did a great job at Missouri as their defensive coordinator yeah, true. as well. Mm-hmm. Number eight is probably a, a polarizing one. People might have him a lot lower. Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati. His tenure at Louisville didn't go as well, certainly not as well as it seemed like it would after year one, where he had such a huge improvement in wins from what she, what he inherited. I believe they went eight and five, which was was well over expectation. But it just, you know, they kind of regressed a little bit, and but it wasn't terrible, right? Like I think the big thing no. that went wrong was that he flirted with the South Carolina job. Louisville fans really didn't like that. It just kind of instantly put a kind of a damper on the program and and so just kind of tread treading water wasn't wasn't good enough with that and this year though like they were actually if you look at the metrics they were a top 30 top 40 team so again it's not like things went so poorly there that you just kind of write them off as a bad coach you still have what he did at app state uh bringing them to fbs just unbelievable job at app state so i i think there's a high floor for him even if it's not maybe the the most exciting hire yep number seven is tom herman and i i don't know i really like this hire for florida atlantic uh if fau has become a spot for coaches to to try and regenerate their careers lane kiffin went went there won 11 games a couple times willie taggart tried to you know find his groove again didn't pan out as well for him but herman himself he did great at houston got them to a new year's six bowl he actually did fine at Texas, uh, but just you know couldn't really get him over the the hump. Uh, I just I wouldn't be surprised if if he has some success and makes FAU FAU competitive again. You know, you got a talent rich area. Maybe he can tap into some Boca Raton NIL 
uh, money. They're moving in into the into the AAC now, so it's a kind of a good time for them to to rise, and maybe he can take advantage. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the hire. We we could have talked into talked ourselves into him at Nebraska if they had hired him. So I, I yeah, it, for, yes for FAU to get him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's great. Definitely. Yep. All right, moving on to number six, we have Jamie Chadwell going from Coastal Carolina to Liberty. Um, he's 31 and six the last three years at Coastal, so just a great job by him there. Got to love the offense he runs; it's very fun to watch. Um, and it was really easy the past few years to cheer for Coastal, just kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, no real history to kind of hate them for, you know. So they were easy to cheer for, and. Um, I think he's going to do a fine job taking over for Hugh Freeze. Um, maybe just a couple of concerns for me is just can he consistently bring in the talent that he's going to need, uh, like in recruiting? And, you know, what would his tenure have looked like at Coastal if he didn't find like an incredibly rare diamond in the rough, Grayson McCall? Like, how does Coastal for him go without that one guy? And because he was just, I mean, it's not often a Sunbelt school gets a true kind of game changer at quarterback. And then he gets to keep him for three seasons on top of that. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure he's a good QB developer, I'm sure. But that one yeah. was a pretty special one that I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate. So because without McCall, I mean, he's got they're just destroyed this past season. I mean, a few games, they were horrible without him. So I know it's a little different scenarios, but that's it was a little concerning for me. OK. All right. Number five on the list is who he's replacing at Liberty. And it's Hugh Freeze, who is now at Auburn. And, you know, I ranked this not on whether or not I would have hired him, but just how I think he'll do. And he's a really good coach. His teams always succeed. He always seems to get good quarterback play. Arkansas State, Ole Miss, Liberty. He's crushed it at at every stop on the field. So I would expect him to to do well at Auburn. He knows what it takes. He knows he's, he's going to, put an emphasis on recruiting. He's already done a good job in the transfer portal. Like I just think he wins. Yeah, no, I, I like him there. Indeed. Number four, Jeff Brom at Louisville. You know, the native son is coming home. Uh, he's from there. Of course, was a great player there. Uh, he's clearly someone who the Louisville fans will rally around compared to Satterfield, who you were mentioning before, Michael. Um, he brings some strong and fun offenses you know, he was finally able to break through and, and win the Big Ten West at Purdue this past year. I, I You know, you do kind of get the sense he obviously maybe hit uh, a ceiling there, it kind of seemed, but he has a much better path to winning um, in the AAC with ACC, sorry, with Louisville. Um, the timing just feels right for both Braum and the Cardinal, and I think the fresh start might help him. Um, I, I just, the only thing I will say is I want to see if he can kind of up the recruiting a little bit since you've got Clemson, Miami now, Florida State, and North Carolina all recruiting at a higher level than them. But overall, I think it's a perfect marriage, and I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully some success at Louisville. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they weren't you know, pr- at least pretty good with him. He's he's a good coach. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, number three. We have Matt Rule hired at Nebraska. Of course, he's coming from uh, the NFL from his not so successful stint as the Carolina Panthers head coach, which, you know, as a Nebraska fan, I think we can forgive. That was in in the NFL. College is much different. Um, So let's take a look at his college tenures here. He did not take over great situations at Temple or Baylor. Um, 
And at each place, you know, his first year was rough there. Not going to lie. It was really bad. Second year at both places, it was solid. Get to about 500. Then the third year is when it really has taken off at, you know, at Temple and Baylor. They were awesome seasons for them. Um, and, you know, so if I'm Nebraska, I'm, I'm signing up for that in a heartbeat. I can survive one more bad year. It's been six in a row now, right? Seven, whatever. I'll do with one if I can get get decent and then great after the next year. So um, I'm, I'm on board with this hire if I'm Nebraska. I think it's about as good as they could have hoped for. Um, he's a proven program builder. And, you know, now at Nebraska, he's got about as much support as he's ever going to have. The support staff's huge. Um, and he's doing a solid job on the recruiting front already. And I, I like how he puts an emphasis on line play, too. That's been in the Achilles heel for Nebraska for far too long. You got to be good on the line. So, you know, the, it, the opportunity's there. Seems like a good hire. Okay. Number two on the list is definitely the most talked about hire, Deion Sanders at Colorado. And th- there are coaches on this this list, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. There's, there's coaches behind Deion Sanders that I would – I would rank ahead if we're just, you know, ranking who I think the best coaches are right now. But we're not just ranking the coaches, we're ranking the hires, so you're taking into account who's doing the hiring. And Colorado, well they were the worst Power 5 program by far this year. Yeah. They've had a just a horrible run almost every year for the past two decades. So it's just there's no good vibes around the program. They've had players transferring out the last couple seasons. So to get a guy who has immediately just done a 180 with that they're i'm colorado fans could not be more excited about the program they're actually recruiting well they're getting transfers in they're going to be talked about people are going to want to invest like it's just it's the best possible hire they could have made like a a realistic hire you know if you hired nick saban of course that's better but that wasn't going to happen but getting dion even though yes we we don't know he's unproven at the fbs level i get it it's not saying it's a guarantee of success yeah it's boomer bust but but like, it's I, I honestly bust for well, them. Yeah, is but, like sorry is they were so uh, terrible. Like they're I feel yeah, like they're they're almost guaranteed point. to be better than they've been. Yeah, they can't yeah, be worse. He's, man. he's raising their floor. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. He gives them the opportunity for boom, which I don't think bringing in like Brent Brennan or someone like that would have. Yep. No, yeah, no, that's sure. very true. Very exciting. It'll be fun to to sorry, watch Brent it play Brennan. out. You're doing a, you're doing a fine <laughs> job at yeah. San Jose State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not my quite classic. Dion. guy. He's my go-to, just like I don't know why, yeah. just kind of milk toast hire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, we had Luke Fickle uh, at Wisconsin, home run hire for the Badgers. It seems like a, a perfect fit. You know, the Badgers fans can obviously associate with his physical style, good defenses, and you know, for each of the last few years, we've kind of wondered where Fickle might end up, if anywhere. Um, if he was going to leave Cincinnati, you know, was he just holding out for his alma mater, Ohio state? Uh, but at Cincinnati, you know, we know the, the success he had multiple conference tile titles went to the playoff. You know, he proved his worth in recruiting in Cincinnati now needs to elevate that a little bit at Wisconsin. And, you know, the Badgers, they finally went outside the program. He's bringing in a new identity. The new offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, um, will modernize the offense so there's a lot of things to like about Fickle. He's you know he's proven that he can develop the talent that he gets, um, and it's not like the Badgers are totally you know starting from the bottom here. Uh, they've been a strong program for you know about 20 years, you know even with the slight downturn the last couple of seasons. So number one hire for us. Yeah, we all agreed. We all had him number one, so it was unanimous yep. there. 
Uh, okay, if you're watching on YouTube, here's here's the full list. Where do you guys think, if you're looking at making tiers here, and you had to kind of have one big first tier, where where would you say there's a drop-off? Because I'll tell you, what, I'm looking at it. I'm Nine. thinking... What did you say, Ryan? Nine. I so, would go... So are you including Ryan Walters in that first tier? I'm including your- Ryan Walters, yes. I'm See, exclude- I, I, I'm, I'm going- not sure I can do that with a with a guy who's never been a head coach before. I would say there. I'm at top seven or eight. Seven. Yeah, I yeah. would say Tom Herman at seven is a really good for FAU and everyone above that. I like Jamie Chadwell, Liberty, Hugh Freeze, Auburn on down the list. So yeah, I would say after Tom Herman, when you get to Satterfield at Cincy, that's to me seems like maybe a little bit of a drop off. That's fair. No, I know you're a big, big uh, Ryan Walters guy. He's yeah, I name. just, I do. Maybe that's what I, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Do you want to talk more about the first names of, of head coaches like we did in our last episode? <laughs> you know, how many other Ryans are there? I wonder. You got Ryan Day. You got Ryan Walters. Oh, boy. Um, here we go again. Ryan. Yeah, Brown. here it is. You know, is there another Ryan? <laughs> uh, Ryan. Oh uh, no, no. <laughs> Don't know him. No, Ryan. Uh, Wait, Ryan Silverfield? Is that the Memphis coach's name? Or am I getting his first name wrong? Uh, <laughs> My brain. Wow. Yeah. I know Silverfield you, now. It's, I think it's Ryan Silverfield. Sounds right coming out. Well, you know, it's... We're in off-season That wouldn't have been right my now. guess, but now that you've now that you yeah, said it's, it... It's, like, it's Ryan. Oh, it's Ryan. Okay, there's another Ryan. Hey, there right. you go. Yeah, Ryan. There, there you go. I think well, we should end there. Just call it. We can that's that's another call to win. Yeah. If there's yeah. another Ryan, let us know in the yeah. comments. Last time we forgot a Brent. We've got the Brent Brennan who I, I gave him his, uh, his, his due on this episode. Um, but that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Thank you for watching. Uh, subscribe to, to our YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate that. Give the video a thumbs up. And we will talk to you next week or next. Could be in a couple days. I forgot. We're a YouTube channel now. There you go. Yeah. See you soon.